Welcome to uh, this gathering of Anchor Church. Uh, my name is Ian. Um, the lead pastor, Andrew, who is normally the preaching pastor, uh, his wife has been very sick, um, and so he's taking care of her today. So he asked, uh, he asked if I'd cover the pulpit, and uh, since it's the 4th of July, we're going to keep it relatively short, uh, 15 to 20 minutes, and a lot of people are probably out of town or sleeping in from the fireworks last night. Um, so this morning, we will be in Titus 3, 3 through 7, and uh, we'll be going over um, sort of just, just an overview, just a quick glimpse of um, gospel and salvation um, and life in Christ. I'm going to have to move this fan here. So I'll pray, and then we will get going. Father God, uh, we thank you so much um, that you are a God who hears our prayers because of your Son, um, that you sent your Son, that we may have life with you, uh, that we may have relationship and communion, intimacy with you. Um, I just pray for the, the Pack family, Lord, that uh, they would be leaning uh, into you today, um, that you would continue to hear our prayers and continue to answer our prayers um, for their family. Just pray this morning in our time together that you would renew our minds and our hearts in the Holy Spirit um, by the power of your word, that you would sanctify us in righteousness and uh, peace and joy in Jesus, and that we would see you um, as our infinite treasure and glorious above all things. Uh, so we pray this in Jesus' name for your glory and our joy in you. Amen. All right, like I said, we'll be in Titus 3, um, but before we get going, just a little background on the book itself. Uh, Titus was written by Paul to Titus, um, who was on the island of Crete, sort of trying to get the early church organized to appoint elders and to rebuke um, some of these. There were false teachers that were leading people astray. Um, Paul calls them empty talkers, and he said in, in uh, chapter 1, verse 16, um, that they were, they claimed to know God, they professed to know God, but they denied him by their works. So that's sort of the background of where we're going today. So let's dig in. Titus 3, 3 through 7, just follow along with me as I read. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So a few observations that will sort of guide our way this morning in the text. Um, number one is that Paul and Titus uh, were at one point apart from God. They were following in their old man, as we would say. Uh, number two is that it was an act of God that he brought them to himself. It wasn't anything that they did, but God brought Paul and Titus to himself. And number three, uh, because of this salvation that God has given them, they are now heirs to eternal life with Jesus. 
So we're going to break it down verse by verse, starting in verse 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Paul here is reminding Titus of who he used to be, right? There are these, these men in Crete who are leading others astray. They're empty talkers, deceivers. But Paul is, is reminding Titus that you once were like them, that you once um, didn't know God, that it was before, this was before God has saved you and brought you to himself. Is before that you experienced regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit, that you were disobedient, led astray, that you were slave to various passions and pleasures. Now this is currently true of all unbelievers. Anybody apart from Christ, this is true. They are ignorant um, regarding Jesus and the gospel. This was also true of who we used to be. Those that have received salvation from Jesus, this is true this is true of who we were. Now this is, Paul uses this rhetoric, this reminding um, a lot in his letters. He uses it in Ephesians 2. He, he tells the church in Ephesus that you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. He tells the Colossians, and you were dead in the trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. And so he's just going back to this, remember who you were. Um, but thankfully, God hasn't left us there. So verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, verse 5, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Now this is sort of the meat of the text this morning, this but God, but when God, um, two of the most precious words found throughout the New, New Testament that it's... God's grace and mercy poured out upon man um, manifests itself in just a few words. It's, it's God's act of salvation upon us, uh, not because of anything that we've done, but God's grace and mercy, His loving, His goodness and loving kindness. That we were once sinners, we were once enemies of God, but God has acted in that and, and saved us, given us salvation through Jesus. Now, again, this passage in Titus is very similar to Ephesians 2, um, and, and where Paul tells the church in Ephesus, he, right after he said, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, he goes on to tell them, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made us alive together with Christ. Now paired with this, that, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but because according to his own mercy. This is the gospel. This is the hope that we have in Jesus. That It's nothing that we've done, but it's everything that God has acted out in goodness and loving kindness toward us to save us and bring us to himself. This is darkness to light. This is death to life. This is how God, the perfect father, shows his love toward his kids. He saves us. This is why Paul was reminding Titus of his former life so that he may know the grace of God. And this was not only true of Paul and Titus or the church in Ephesus, but this is true of us today. That we would know the former life so that we may know the grace that God has poured out on us. 
Pastor Andrew is very faithful in reminding us over and over that it's nothing that you've done to get to God, that you can't save yourself, that Jesus had to come, live the perfect life, die for our sins, that we might be brought to God and reconciled to Him through Jesus. So being saved by Jesus means that you are perfectly loved, you are perfectly known by the God of the universe, that you have redemption and justification through Jesus, you are declared righteous before God, that you are washed clean from your past sins by the blood of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, that you are renewed and regenerated, you are given new birth by the cleansing and the washing of the Holy Spirit, that you are Uh, You have life and peace and joy today with Jesus and as a result with others. And the consummation of our salvation will be that one day Jesus will come back. Jesus will come back to, to take us home to where we belong. He'll wipe every tear from every eye and make all things new. If you do not know this gospel, if you do not know this salvation in Jesus, um, today Christ is offering you uh, his life for yours, that you may know uh, freedom from sin and bondage, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the freedom and the life um, to know and to love him. So because of, of who we were, because of who we once were, uh, we needed to be saved. And obviously we can't get to God. We, can't. We, we can white knuckle and try, but as hard as we try, we can never uh, be righteous in front of God. Continuing on in verse 5 and 6. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, with it being the day after the fourth and trying to keep it short, we don't have too much time to get into this, uh, but the Trinity, God three in one, is active in our salvation, that God the Father saves us through the Holy Spirit by the work of His Son. I, this is, is mind-blowing to me because when I think of salvation, usually I think of one or the other. I think of God saving me, or I think of Jesus' work, or I think of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I, I, I rarely think of how they play together, how God three in one is active in salvation. So this salvation um, leads to verse 7, so that because of the, the triune God's salvation, verse 7, so that being justified, being declared righteous by his grace, we might become heirs, which legally entitled to according to the hope of eternal life. So because of Jesus' life, because of we've been declared righteous before God, because of the perfect sinless life, the atoning death on the cross, we were made righteous before God that we may have eternity, the hope of eternal life. So this wasn't, um, this, I think Paul was reminding Titus of this so that he would remind Titus that his hope uh, isn't necessarily in the, the shaping up of the people in Crete or the perfect church, the perfect new church in Crete. But he's reminding Titus of the overarching, the big picture of God, that we have eternal life with Jesus. And this is a, a constant message 
throughout the New Testament. This is found in Philippians 2, as Paul tells us that uh, our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior. Uh, It's found in Colossians 3 when Paul tells them to set their mind on things that are above, to seek Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. And this is succinctly found in 1 Peter 1.13 where uh, Peter tells his readers to set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. To set your hope fully on the grace that we will receive when Jesus comes. So as Paul tells Titus to exhort and rebuke um, those who are teaching false doctrine, they are empty talkers, they are leading people astray, uh, he reminds him of his salvation. He reminds him of who he once was, who he is today by the grace of God, the salvation through Jesus, that it was an act of God, that God acted in his own grace, by his own mercy, uh, to save us, and that is, I believe, what Paul is, is trying to communicate to Titus, um, that he would show this same grace, this same patience and humility that he has received to the people in Crete. Yet, in the midst of this call to Titus, he also reminds him, hey, show grace, but remember that your hope isn't in this world. Remember that your hope is eternal life. Remember that your Hope isn't in the shaping up of the people, the perfect church. Your hope isn't in your family or your, your work, your house, your kids. That your hope is in eternal life with God, with Jesus face to face. You are waiting eagerly and expectantly for that day when Jesus is going to return, that when Jesus is going to wipe away every tear from every eye, that he's going to make all things new and bring about the complete restoration of his creation. Now, Anchor Church, as, as we close, I told you it was going to be quick today. I've been trying to avoid application today to just extol the grace and the mercy, our salvation in God. Um, but I will end with three things that I think are applicable um, from this text and, and from Paul's letter to Titus that remain true today. Number one, that we were, that we used to be foolish and disobedient that we were led astray by our passions and pleasures, that we were walking in death. However, that God, but God, those two words, but God has shown mercy upon us, that he has acted out by his own mercy, that it's nothing that we've done, no righteous acts, but that God has shown us mercy through the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus on our behalf. And this was, the salvation was so that our hope would be fixed where it is appropriately applied on Jesus the Savior of the world, God of the universe. This is where our hope would be. So I'll close in prayer this morning. Um, I hope this word is just an encouragement and a blessing um, that you would just rejoice joyfully in the salvation that you have obtained um, through God. Father God, uh, we thank you so very much. We're very humble um, that you have... Uh, brought us to yourself. You have given us reconciliation that while we were enemies, you made us right with you, that it was nothing that we've done to earn it, but it was your gift, the gift of God. Uh, Help us to live a life pleasing to you. Help us to rejoice in thanksgiving. Uh, Help us to be joyful and glad because of this work. Uh, We love you, Jesus. We 
ask that you would help us to show this same love to our friends and our neighbors, uh, the people of this city, that they would know you. Um, And we just ask that your grace and your mercy continue to be poured out upon us as your children. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name for your glory and our joy in you. Amen.